Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It's time to grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and relax so we can chat about what is happening up in the stars above for the week ahead. Here we are today, February 12th. It's another drippy, dreary day in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> oh, well, it's winter, and hopefully we have brighter days ahead of us. I hope all of you had a wonderful weekend. Congratulations out to the Kansas City Chiefs for winning the Super Bowl against the 49ers from San Francisco. I actually didn't get to watch the game, at least not in the way that you would think of watching the game, uh, because we had a birthday party for one of my grandsons. He turned seven and we were um, in the San Juan Islands at his house for his birthday party. We went bowling, we had pizza, we had lots of fun. And then we went back to the house and found out our ferry, because we have to take a ferry to get there, uh, was canceled. So we were all panicked thinking, what are we supposed to do? Where are we supposed to go, right? You can't just like cancel my ferry and then tell me later that I can't get home. Uh, it all worked out. We man managed to make it home, obviously, because here I am. And yet we had a great day. We ended up watching the Super Bowl mostly on a little tablet sitting at a table up in the um, uh, area of recreation in the ferry. It was kind of fun. Small little screen. So really, I didn't see any of the commercials because we were streaming it through an app. <laughs> so I have no idea if it was a good one. I missed the halftime totally. Oh, well, no big deal. If it were one of my teams playing, I might have been really upset. But I I don't know. Anyway, that was it was just a fun. We had a fun weekend, actually. It was like that all weekend. I hope you guys all did, too. Uh, today, as we shift our attention into what is coming up for the week ahead, um, it is an interesting week. We start out right away, boom, this morning, 5.37 a.m. my time, West Coast time, with the moon moving into fiery Aries. Moon and Aries can bring up a lot of fun. And then we have, uh, of course, Mars moving into Aquarius. We've talked about that a lot from last week uh, and even, I think, the week before because we could see it coming. Uh, tomorrow, we have actually the exact conjunction of Mars to Pluto. I'll just throw out some reminders about what that means. And then we have a whole host of other little uh, transits going on that you'll just want to know about because it changes the atmosphere, right? You know, we're run running along thinking we're doing just fine. And then boom, your ferry's canceled kind of thing, right? So we have that kind of week where we're going to have to remain flexible. I think it's that kind of life right now. I mean, I, I almost feel like a broken record sometimes because I keep saying have to be flexible, have to be adaptable. We have to be ready to pivot. It's pivoting that is the key, the, the key to success, especially for 2024, as it feels like things just keep throwing us from one side to the other, uh, up and then down, kind of crazy. I was just reading an article before I came on here this morning about SoCal uh, having like 13, or some 13 earthquakes in a row something like that, kind of a magical number. And um, all down in the very far south of California, I bet you those people's nerves are a little bit jangled and rattled, uh, causing them to need to be flexible, changeable, right, to be able to move through. And the other word that comes to mind, we talked about on Friday, resilient. You have to engage some resilience because these kinds of things will keep happening. And I got to tell you, they're like, uh, at least in my experience right now, and you guys, you know, may have different experiences right now. They're not like huge, like house dropped on my head kind of uh, things that are happening, thankfully. Um, but instead, it is sort of a collection of shocks and changes and upsets and things like that. And I think almost that that if you have something big that happens, we, we have our fight, flight, or freeze, right? We kind of go into the motions. But I think when we have a lot of little things that are happening, it's harder to be resilient. Or maybe it teaches us to be more resilient. I don't know. Uh, I'd love to hear from you all this morning about how it is that you're experiencing the shocks and the awe, of course, that um, first of all, the North Node bringing us. Second, 
And I keep forgetting to, to hone this back in for you guys that Chiron, the wounded healer, is also sitting at gate 51 in your human design, the gate of shock, right? The gate of awakening. And right now, today, Chiron and the North Node, the transiting North Node, which is uh, destiny, are in a conjunction, right? Sitting at 16 degrees of Aries. And it's tight. Like right now, they're like just seconds apart. And because um, the nodes are shifting backwards, it's the North Node that is moving into Chiron's placement. So I, I want to uh, share a little bit about what that is. So if you guys have your charts available this morning, take a look at where Aries is in your chart. In my chart, Aries sits up at the very top, right? So it's going to be different places. If this chart that I'm looking at this morning was a person, Aries would be in the third house of the chart, right? So you can see the house number here in, in the uh, center part of the circle. So the third house. And that is a house of communication, of the mind, of what we think, how we learn. So we, you want to know sort of where Aries is in your chart so that you know what area of your life might be plunking down some wounds, <laughs> some changes, or, you know, some lessons that you're learning. Okay. All right. So let's talk about uh, this. Chi First of all, remember Chiron is a planet that is the wounded healer. And he has a very eccentric orbit um, in terms of the signs that he moves through. So when he's moving through some signs, he's there for much longer uh, than he is in signs like uh, Aries. He's been in Aries for quite a while. So he's in the part where he's going to be here a little bit longer, typically about seven years, though. That's an interesting number in and of itself, don't you think? Seven years to work through the wound, in this case, the wound of identity. Who am I? the wound of being an individual and really putting forth that, that individual uh, character into the world, right? So this is the thing, right, that we're working on. So each one of us, even though your own natal Chiron could be in a completely different sign, your own north nodes uh, could be in completely different signs, it really doesn't really matter because in the experience that we are having collectively on the planet right now, you're experiencing yourself through that wound that is in Aries. So all of us in some way, shape or form based on Aries itself and then based on the house it's in in your life are having to really kind of come out and individuate. You're going to have to apply your personality, your individual um, destinies to the world. Okay, so that's the big thing in the behind the scene. But a lot of times there's wounds around that identity. For example, growing up and feeling like you didn't know who you were because your parents had expectations perhaps of, of how you would grow up or of what you would do when you grew up. And you never thought you had a, a choice, right? And it can happen in a lot of different ways. It doesn't always just happen around the career or the professional choice, uh, but that's a big one right? And it's usually the most obvious, like you chose to be in a certain profession because that was acceptable by standards that your parents had set out for you. Uh, but then what you really wanted to do was something way over here in a completely different place, a completely different thing. And you've never allowed yourself to do it because it might not go with what your parents' hopes and wishes and dreams were for you. And that's pretty extreme, but it does happen where people just live out their lives according to what their society or culture or parents or ancestral line put out for them. So it's a big lesson right now. But the transit where the North Node and Chiron come together in the conjunction is a time that brings healing and growth to your life purpose and life direction. So there's hope, right? There's a lot of hope on the horizon. And sometimes the changes that we feel are about that shift that's being uh, presented for us, right? It's the call from your inner world, from your soul to make that shift and that change. Now, Chiron, again, is the wounded healer. He represents the deepest wounds our deepest insecurities even, uh, and vulnerabilities. And those are the things that we're needing to heal and integrate to become whole, right? Healed, whole, and healthy. So that's his gig. His gig is all about getting us to be healed, whole, and healthy, right? That's his. Now, the North Node is our soul's mission 
And it shows us where we're heading in this life and what we need to learn in this lifetime. Now, because we're talking about the transiting North Node, we're talking about collective, right? There's a collective identity that's shifting here. And it triggers the different wounds that we have as a collective. And the, by wounds, I'm talking about our fears, our shadow energies, the things we don't see clearly about ourselves, okay? And Aries, of course, is the sign of the self, the pioneer, the warrior. And it's about courage and independence and action. I kind of wore red this morning unconsciously. I went to my closet and said, I think today I'm going to wear red. Uh, but then as I was thinking, uh, sat down at my desk to work through what all the energies were of the week, I was like, oh, it's a red week. It's an Aries kind of week. Um, fiery, right? There's this fire. There's passion in this week as well. So it's an awesome way to think about the energies is that red seems to, to trigger our passion, courage. And yes, warrior energy doesn't necessarily sound very positive, but think of it as maybe spiritual warriorship, right? Where, you know, you're, you're using, you're taking life's struggles and putting them to work for you, right? How I always say in human design, the, the saying is, you know, life is struggle, right? There's struggle in your human design. We are designed to struggle, but suffering is optional. So, you know, package up the struggles and the energies and and use it to um you know push put yourself forward not push yourself forward but put yourself forward in your life um now when they these two conjunct of course it means that you are needing to face your wounds collectively also individually head on right no pussyfooting around and coming like the cancer crab and going sideways around them you want to come right on into them and then overcome whatever that shadow healing wound is, um, with courage and confidence, right? You got this, you've been here, you've done this before, right? And especially if you're noting recurring patterns of struggles in your life, then that's especially note notable. Take note of that, okay? Um, you may feel a strong urge. Now, this whole week is like this, okay? And maybe even a little bit longer. Um, you may feel that strong urge to pursue your passions, express your individuality, uh, and assert your needs and desires. And to, you know, add to that a little bit later in the week, uh, the 14th or, yeah, 14th it is, uh, Valentine's Day, um, the sun moves into the gate of passion in human design, the gate of desire. So we have passions and we have desire that are triggered anyway through the week in your design. And then on top of that, we have these transits happening that are also bringing this up. So you may also encounter the challenges and conflicts that come along with pursuing your passions, right? The question will be, what are you committed to, right? Are you committed to something so much so that you will stick through all of the challenges and the conflicts that are coming up in front of you? using them as just kind of signposts that maybe you're on the right track. That especially if, now sometimes challenges are telling you, okay, maybe I need to veer off to the left or the right, go under, go over, stop for a moment. But sometimes those very challenges and those conflicts that are coming up, if they are triggering a fear within you or triggering some kind of shadow energy, some kind of victimy sort of energy, that's really a call that you're on the right track for healing, okay? So we have to learn to read the signs of the energetic signature that's happening in us as individuals, but also as a collective. All right. Um, and you may encounter those challenges and the resistance from outside of you, which makes it even trickier, right? That you may be around a bunch of people who don't share your vision, but that doesn't mean that your vision isn't worthy right? It doesn't mean that at all. It might just mean you need to shift the people that you're around, right? Um, now, this transit can really help us heal our identity issues. And identity issues are typically things like, who am I? Um, or thinking you're one thing, and then you discover that's not really true. Self-esteem issues, self-worth, self-confidence, 
those kinds of things. Those are all kind of stemming from our identity, our, our, our healthy sense of self or our not so healthy sense of self, right? Either way. And our fears of rejection and fears around failure. And I'm going to throw in another one, a fear of abandonment. These are kind of core human fears anyway, right? But abandonment is, is, is interesting because it's one that happens sometimes when you're, you're living your life on your terms and somebody doesn't like what you're doing and, and maybe it's your spouse or uh, one of your kids and you're afraid that if you don't stop doing what you love or stop going in that direction that they're going to abandon you, right? They won't want to be around you anymore. So these are distinctly fears that you have to overcome, right? You cannot make somebody else stay in your life by doing things that you think will make them happy instead of making yourself happy. It just doesn't work. And at some point, it all blows up, right? It all comes falling down. So what is your identity? Who are you? What do you love? And start expressing it as fully as possible. So this is a transit that's going to help us discover who our true selves are and who, what our unique gifts are, your own funkiness, right? Who are you? And also, you know, there's this sort of eccentricity energy that's also running through everything right now. And that's due to all of the planets that are sitting there in Aquarius, you know, I think of Aquarius as funky. I think of it as unique. I think of it as um, sort of that individualistic sort of energy, that eccentricity, right? People that are, you know, do, daring to be and do things that others don't because that's just who they are. And you just have to love that kind of person sometimes. And we want to bring that part out of us as well. Um, we're also on the path to discover our own personal power. Right. Who are we comes down to using our power that is good, our power for us, right? And, and not in a negative way that becomes narcissistic or arrogant. No, we're talking about boldness here. We're talking about moving forward fearlessly as a sovereign being doing what you love and contributing your funkiness, your uniqueness to the world. All right. Uh, so embracing those wounds uh, as a source of strength and wisdom gathering, right? Your wisdom gathering here and aligning to your soul's purpose and direction. Success, right? Success. And success doesn't happen in just one big thing, right? Success in this is, you know, uh, sometimes compounded by a series of, of failures or what we perceive as failures. Don't let that stop you. That's what Chiron, that's what North Node and Aries, Chiron and Aries is all about at this point in time. And because they're sitting at a gate that's very tricky in human design, the gate of shocks, that sometimes it is those very shocks that wake us up, right? So while I'm not, you know, particularly fond of jarring kind of shocks, um, those kind of shocks in my life over time have set me on the course that I'm actually on. It's kind of interesting to think back, right? How shocking things can actually be the fuel that pushes you into the right path for yourself, where you really start living out your specific colors, right? Your specific loves. All right. Now, on top of this, of course, we have the moon in Aries, and I'm going to talk about that in just a minute, but let me say good morning to everybody who's popping in. Pam Zaruba, good morning to you. Jana, good to see you. Tom, I'm glad you're with us this morning. Joan, hello to you. Natasha, good to see you. Asa, hello. Terry Strauss, you know I don't like Mondays, but you make it so much better. <laughs> My fellow Gryffindor. <laughs> We had a party at Terry's house for her birthday and my husband, Terry, and I dressed as Gryffindors. It was fun. Uh, let's see, Jana, you didn't miss much with the halftime show. Oh, darn. I love Usher, too. So I was kind of excited to see him. Uh, but, you know, whatever. Some things are more important. And I had my grandkids to play with. So there was that. Narges, good morning. Christine, good morning. Uh, Terry says, and my shirt's beautiful. Thank you. I love this color. I love this shirt. 
uh, Jana says that Aries is her ninth house. So Jana, the ninth house is a house of growth and expansion, right? It is a very Sagittarian feeling. Sagittarius rules that. Jupiter is the planet that holds sway there. Now your Jupiter uh, natural ruler is linked with Mars, the ruler of Aries, right? So you have a path of growth that is sometimes catalyzed in maybe different ways, maybe in chunks of time, right? Where all of a sudden there's this opportunity to grow and expand and you take it up with the universe or you don't, right? Either way you look at it, it's all up to you. And the ninth house, of course, is a house of travel, foreign travel specifically, or travel to cultures or uh, societies that are different from your own, because it's all about embracing embracing the broader vision, right? The bigger picture. So that seems like a great place to have Aries, seems like a great place for you to consider uh, your identity and how can you grow and expand beyond maybe your wildest dreams. Christine, 12th house. Um, with Black Moon Lilith and Eris. So the 12th house, now that's an interesting place to have this going on because there could be some striking unconscious patterns that are coming up to the surface for you. The 12th house to me is sort of where the hidden gem of who we are at soul level resides. <clears throat> but it's covered up quite frequently with a bunch of, you know, BS and experiences other lifetimes. The 12th house really connects us back to our previous lifetimes. And so this might be a prime opportunity then for you, Christine, to move through old patterns, to move through and release fears and wounds that have been carried. The Black Moon Lilith there in Aries might say that you have sort of a wound around your identity, right? Trying to be something you're not, um, being living out loud and then having other people beat you down for it or tell you it's not appropriate or girl nice girls don't do that or whatever people have said so this is about you overcoming those patterns and eris of course is a sign a, a planet that a dwarf planet that really takes us into um the disruption energy right patterns being disrupted is what kind of makes me think of this um but also because she is the female uh answer to mars energy so now you have um you know a martian ruled sign with the feminine warrior goddess in it cool right so lots of uh stuff to be thinking about in your case christine also says 12 inches of snow by 3 p.m tomorrow wow that's a lot We've had pretty mild weather lately. That's kind of nice for us. So be safe. Tom, Aries on the 8th house, natal Eris 10 degrees, Venus and Sedna 28 degrees, all in Aries, I'm guessing there, Tom. Um, so the 8th house is a house of death and rebirth. It has, oh, that's so interesting considering our conversation that we had this weekend around um around inheritance, right? And the whole idea of legacies and what's left after someone passes on and having to deal with the, the outcome of that. So having Aries in that eighth house is bringing the conflict to you in that particular area. Now I see, I mean, I didn't even pull your chart when we were chit chatting and now I can see that this is likely what is going on and you're dealing with an Aries character i.e. one, you know, your sibling, that is the embodiment of Eris here in your chart, it would seem. Um, Sedna, uh, Sedna, I don't do much with, but I do know in the Inuit myth that Sedna is a part of, she is um, having to grow up, if you will. And she keeps looking in the myth out to her father to um, find her a I think it's a, a a husband, if you will, or a spouse, a, a person, her person. And rather than taking responsibility for it herself, she keeps letting her father do this for her. And she ends up with, uh, I, I can't remember what the character is, but, you know, kind of a dog of a spouse who abuses her and that type of thing. Um, it, it's not a very happy tale. So Sedna in our charts kind of represents where we're not taking responsibility for ourselves, perhaps, where we're um, letting, 
you know, that go in some way. So it might be worth looking into your own role in all of this. Uh, and I like the last comment that you sent me. I think it was uh, that you were going to take this in hand and uh, get your own attorney. So I, I think that's, you know, overcoming that Sedna there. So good job. Um, Terry, 51 is a little, is black. So in your human design, I'm guessing, Terry, which means that you have it, you have a planet already sitting there by birth. So you're adding to the pile of planets that are sitting at year 51. Um, now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you are doomed to have more shocks or have, you know, more craziness happen, but it does lead to awakening. The whole purpose of shock, and I've said this many times, is not to hurt us. It's not punitive. It's about awakening. And the gate on the opposite side is the 25, and the 25 is the gate of spirit, right? The love of spirit, where we really embody those spiritual concepts. And the 51 awakening or shock is prompting us to move more toward our spiritual inheritance, really embodying more of your divinity. So it's not a bad thing. It's just you're awakening and awakening and awakening some more. Uh, good morning, JLo. Good morning, Julie. Good to see you. Uh, sending blessings to all of us. She has Aries in the sixth house. So the sixth house is your work environment, how you serve your family, the world, in your job, in the work that you do. It's your health as well and the healing path. So a lot of this might be about your own uh, spiritual health, your own, uh, uh, let's say, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health, right, on all levels. Good morning, Ty. Uh, oh, that that is, uh, oh, I know who this is supposed to be. Jacqueline. Jacqueline Tyler. She can relate to the fear of rejection. I understand. Pam, Pam says, thanks for this, Chiron. North Node information. Timing is impeccable on to the, uh, on, as to the events of the weekend. I love it when that comes together. So if you take a look at Aries in your chart then, Pam, it's likely someplace critical for you some critical lesson, some important thing that you are working through. So it's in the service of yourself. It's really not, it's just not punitive. It feels like that sometimes though, right? My uh, daughter's father-in-law had a heart attack this weekend. Uh, it was minor and he's doing well, but he's 93. And they basically sent him home and said, get your affairs in order. I mean, that shock rippled through all of us as we were having fun at a seven-year-old's birthday party yesterday. But those are the things that wake us up, right? So don't deal with the shock in a horrible way. Just say, oh, yes, I see. This is waking us up to something. Uh, Jana says, thanks. I'm ready to grow beyond my wildest dreams. And Natalie, I have Jupiter in Aries, right? So... <clears throat> My advice to you then, um, Jana, would be to be bold in what you do. And as always, in um, manifesting our intentions, what's required is new action, right? We don't get to where we want to go by repeating old actions. We have to create new actions. So there you have it. Uh, J-Lo, I have an 11th house Aries with Chiron and Jupiter there. <laughs> So you're having a Chiron return at some point here, um, I believe, right? If, if you have Aries in Chiron and Jupiter there, of course. So you have a lot of energy centered around causing growth for yourself. So um, I think your Chiron must be further out because I don't know that you're close to 50 years old, are you? Um, usually the Chiron return is between 50 and 52, let's say. Uh, you're welcome, Christine. JLo says we have a storm watch also. Kids will be remote starting tomorrow. Uh, did Mr. Groundhog lie? He April fooled us. Indeed, he did. Um, okay, so collective Chiron is at 51, and I also have natal Chiron there. Okay, so you are in a Chiron return. So this is a huge time in your life for healing of the wounds, right? You've completed almost the whole cycle of Chironic wounding for your first 50 some years and now you are awakening 
to the healing path in a way almost that you experience it through others, that you're helping through some of the things that you've experienced in your life, helping others find their identity, helping others find their spiritual warrior, right? Pretty cool, actually. Uh, okay, and let's see. Uh, thank you, uh, Jacqueline. All right. I think I answered all the questions so far. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, uh, Jacqueline, I'll have to send that to you later because I don't have your chart at hand here. Um, so I don't know where your natal Aries is, but maybe if I have a chance later here today, I'll, I'll look that up for you. All right, so now let's talk about the transiting moon in Aries, shall we? <laughs> because the moon is our emotional bodies, right? Our emotional selves, our inner world. Um, you know, you could even look at the moon as our, our real connection to our souls. And when we have the moon transiting through Aries, which just started early this morning, it is a time of increased energy, enthusiasm, spontaneity. Those are the positives, right? Those are real positive energies associated with the moon here. We can feel more confident and adventurous, right? Today, that boldness is easier to come by, being more assertive during the time of this transit. But there's also that potential for those emotional ups and downs, moodiness, right? In Aries, the moon can be very moody. She's impatient. There's impulsiveness here. And that spontaneity can be something that, you know, causes uh, more trouble than actually, you know, helping us get out of a rut or something. So we have to be very cautious, somewhat cautious about what it is that we take steps to do today uh, or for the next few days. It's a great time to start new projects, though. Right. We have we still have the new moon sort of energy, you know, with us. So start new projects, maybe take a risk, jump out and do something different than what you've ever done before. Express yourself authentically. This is a time to really be you. Um, but be careful. Don't act too rashly, aggressively, selfishly. Those are the negative aspects of Aries energy because that can cause conflicts with others. And also accidents. There's an accident proneness that can come with uh, the moon in Aries because she tends to accentuate the emotions that cause us to kind of lose connection with uh, the mind. <laughs> the, the mind would say, you know, don't go so far so fast. And the moon would be, you know, screw that. I want to drive 90 miles an hour. And then boom, an accident happens. I'm not suggesting that you are all going to be in accidents or that that's even a big deal, but it's always po possible, right? If we're not sit sitting in our bodies and paying attention to our energetic signatures and what uh, decision-making is, you know, meant or right for us, we can get into trouble. So we want to watch that uh, during this period of time. Now, the moon is in uh, Aries until Wednesday, and it'll be Wednesday early in the morning when she shifts out of Aries into the sign of Taurus, just in time for Valentine's Day. We move into a very sensual, uh, lovely sort of, of energy for the moon on Wednesday, and all of that makes Valentine's Day maybe a much more passionate, uh, loving experience, a la the moon. We'll, we'll talk more about that in a minute, though. Uh, so as well, today we have, is it today or tomorrow? Tomorrow, the 13th, we have uh, Mercury, excuse me, not Mercury, Venus in a sextile uh, to Neptune. And here's what I always think of, of Venus-Neptune connections. Um, Venus is love in the physical world, right? How we um, love one another, how we you know, love the things in our environment, just love in general, physically on the planet. And Neptune takes us to the higher order love. So unconditional love or universal love, you might say even. Um, so when the two love principles, I think you could call them that, come together in a positive aspect, which the sextile is a positive or harmonious aspect, it really elevates the energy of love for us, right? So that's a really good thing tomorrow, because we also have Mars conjunct Pluto tomorrow, 
right? We'll talk about that in a second. Um, so we're more imaginative with Venus in a positive aspect to Neptune. We're also more attuned to what's beautiful, what's peaceful, what's romantic, maybe even. Um, we see the best in people. We see the best in the situations that we are in. It, it really beautifies things for us. Um, it, it can be even a sort of magical time uh, because there's such equanimity in how we can feel. But we are also, because it enhances our creativity and our compassion and our romance, we can also be somewhat blinded by Neptune fog, right? Where we just don't see things clearly and we apply our energy of love and romance and creativity in the wrong way or at the wrong time with the wrong person, perhaps. So we have to be very clear about what it is that we're doing. And it might be very difficult to, you know, see truth. So we have to work a little harder at that. But this this transit can help us manifest our dreams, uh, our ideals, especially in matters of love and money. Venus rules money. We might feel more attracted to people uh, for these few days that share our spiritual values or who share our artistic vision, if you're an artist, perhaps, or who inspire us in some way to grow and evolve beyond where we are, right? So we're looking up essentially, it, with positive energy. Um, we might also experience a deeper connection with nature, with music, right? There's a musical quality here to these two, or art. There's an artistic quality here as well, poetry, um, finding beauty in the ordinary, right? Not, not, we don't need extraordinary, we just find it in the ordinary, right? The everyday thing. We can also become more intuitive, kind of uh, in tune with our higher selves as Neptune is a planet that brings more intuitive awareness, psychic abilities, that kind of thing, uh, as well as being more empathic, sharing from compassion, um, being more heart-centered, and being more generous toward others and how you spend your time and how you share of your gifts. Now on the same day, <laughs> Mars conjuncts Pluto. Remember, today, Mars is moving into Aquarius, and right now, Pluto is at uh, 38 minutes of Aquarius, so zero degrees, 0.38, if you will. And so we're waiting just a little bit of a pause, like one day, for Mars to get from zero, zero to 0 0.338, and that's when Mars will then conjunct Pluto. Now, this is a very powerful aspect. We talked a lot about it, so you guys should be very familiar with this. And this is happening in Aquarius. So we've talked a lot about Aries this morning. Now we're shifting to the Aquarius part of your chart because it's a highly activated part of the chart. In fact, at this moment in Aquarius, we have Pluto, Mercury, and the Sun, and actually Mars moving in there uh, by 10 o'clock my time this evening. So we have a stellium of energy in Aquarius. That's where the title of this morning's show, where it's funky, fiery, and eccentric comes from. Funky and uh, eccentric more from Aquarius and the fiery Aries to go with it. So this is a, a powerful aspect that will help us focus on our goals and our dreams. Um, it is really going to help us take decisive action too. But remember, we also have that Venus sextile Neptune. Things may not be perfectly clear, but over time, it's getting clearer, right? And we're getting more and more close to what it is that is our authentic self, what it is that we're, is truly for us to do. And gaining the, the schutzpah, if you will, to go after what we want, rather than just waffling in the background, hoping and wishing. Hoping and wishing is good, but if you don't take action, you don't get where you want to go. So we're gaining traction there, getting some action. And literally, it's a part of our lives. It's a part of the history of time where we are right now not to say no or not to accept no for an answer, right? We've been settling for no. And partly, in human design with Neptune sitting at the gate 36, um, it is a gate of no, <laughs> right? We have a gate of yes, where this, the earth will be this week. <laughs> and we have a gate of no, <laughs> which is where Neptune has been sitting. So at this point, though, we should be 
getting some real clarity about who we are and what our next steps should be. So don't take no for an answer unless it's a timing thing. And in your human design, you're getting this energy that no, not yet, right? No, not yet is acceptable as long as you're not just compromising, right? Or just giving up on yourself. Um, so with Pluto's powers of regeneration, uh, rehabilitation, that type of thing, this could be a time where we totally revise something. And we could be get, we could let go of things, let go of baggage, <laughs> let go of the things that don't make sense for us anymore. Um, moving forward actually requires us to maybe let go, like let go of the tether. You know, a boat is not ever going to leave the marina if you don't untie the mooring chains or the, the mooring ropes. What are you moored to that you have to release yourself from in order to move forward? That's Mars and Pluto. This is the thinking here. Um, the thing is, we might try to be pushy or forceful uh, or very willful. We're going to have to balance that, right? Forcing, forcing does not often take us where we want to go. We think it does, but it's really, we're just, we're using brute force. It is not sustainable. So we want to balance where we're using our willpower and using it correctly versus where we're forcing something to happen, where we're pushing the river is another way that I like to put that. Using your will means you're making choices to do what's right for you, but not to force your way through a door or a block that is here. Take the time to look at, well, what is it that's stopping me? You know, is it, is there a timing issue? Is there a piece of the puzzle that's not yet clicked into place? Lots of things that we could be looking at here. Watch for overdoing things. Watch for exhaustion because of pushing energy. Um, right? We could be using energy that we don't have. So be careful of that. I'm a little concerned about obsessive compulsive behaviors for people for this time, um, at least until March when Mars moves out of Aquarius, um, because those compulsions can start power struggles. We're talking Pluto, power struggles. Uh, but if we enjoy a strong sense of purpose and we are using all of our gifts to that purpose, then we have lots of backing from the universe for us at this point in time. So it's not something to, to be really frightened of, but be observant of, watch what's going on with you. How are you behaving, right? What choices are you making? What choices aren't you making? Be very aware of that. Okay. Now, this energy of Mars in Aquarius and Mars conjunct Pluto is also working in tandem this week with a powerful change from the energy of revolution and logic that we, we are in today to Wednesday's move into passion, desire, and saying yes, commitment, right? So we have big energies this week that could literally propel us forward if we really use them positively because the our our deepest desires are being activated right now uh, our passions but also our hidden fears and our insecurities about doing what it's going to take to get to where we want to go and if you're allowing the fears to drive then you're spinning your wheels. You're not really going anywhere. And what a waste of wonderful energy that would be, right? So while we do still have to watch for power struggles, conflicts, and all of that kind of thing, triggers in within ourselves to those things, we can also face these crises and these challenges with such openness at this point that maybe we could even clear those from our lives and from our future lives, right? Who wouldn't like that? Who wouldn't like to stop any blocks and restrictions that are accumulating now from affecting you in another lifetime, right? 
I'll sign me up. So the the key for this week really is about aligning yourself with your true purpose and your values and taking and using all of this energy constructively and creatively and in a way that is right for you. And how it's right for you comes from knowing your human design, knowing your astrology, maybe even knowing more about your gene keys, because there are ways for you to tap into who you are, who you are. Avoid being impulsive and reckless, uh, being overly obsessive or compulsive. Respect boundaries. Where do you end and the next person begin? Or where does, where do, where is your boundary? Where are other people or other circumstances violating your boundary, right? Um, seek collaboration, cooperation. Use those Libran qualities that are opposite of Aries energy. Draw those in. Collaboration, cooperation, co-creation, rather than domination and control, which are Aries energies gone wrong. And very Plutoan as well, Pluto in Aquarius energy as well. Okay. Um, so catalyze positive changes and evolve, right? Evolve. That's a big word. And if you're willing to embrace the opportunities and the challenges uh, that that brings, you're going to see progress in your life. Don't be afraid if a challenge does come up, but don't, you know, create more conflict around it heal it, ask it, ask the conflict, what is this all about? I had to do that this past week. I had to do that a lot this past week with technology. <laughs> kind of crazy. Sometimes the things that will trigger you, in my case, it's technology will trigger me. And I got really triggered by uh, changes in how Gmail and Yahoo deals with emails that come from businesses like mine. Like I have a mail list of several thousand people. And when I send those emails out to people, I am hoping and praying that they've whitelisted me or whatever. And now Gmail and Yahoo has just made it harder for businesses to get those emails through. And I had to reconfigure my domain name, my domain, my, my living astrology, to work within those new systems. It was very frustrating. And I wanted to take it as a sign not to keep moving forward. I soul searching on every level I could think of last week about that. And guess what? After the new moon, it all worked smoothly. It was amazing timing wise. Um, okay. So let me see. Questions. Um, I believe that is the way it ripples out. Fix it here. Future, you win as well. The future wins as well. Exactly. That's exactly right. So like the work that we do, the work I do with clients is all in the interest of transforming your lives, right? Transforming the places where you're stuck, transforming the places where you have pain or a wound, uh, and transforming you into who it is that you were truly meant to be. It's all about transformation. And why that would be is because, first of all, we need more transformed, aware, and awake people on this planet, don't you think? And secondly, because why would you want to keep carrying this burden on and on in other lifetimes? We have, a, you know, this is like one of the first times in history, or at least history that I'm aware of. There could be other alternate timelines where it's different. Um, but in this timeline, where we are as awake and aware of the power that we have to transform our lives. This is the first time in history where we've had so many tools at our disposal to do this work, right? In past ages, of course, there were things like astrology, but everyday Joe and Jill didn't have access to those tools, right? They might have had a village you know, healer or something like that, that could work with it. But we are at a very interesting point in time historically, where all of us have the opportunity, and we have the tools to constructively rewrite our lives. I think it's incumbent upon us to do that. I envision this future where we come together on the planet and we work in ways where we're not dealing with 
people or problems or crises from a wound, but from a healed place. Like imagine dealing with climate issues from a healed place. Imagine dealing with political issues from a healed place. Um, food issues, you, you, and any issue that we deal with on this planet, right, can be dealt with from such a higher consciousness. And literally, we have it. We have it right here. But we keep getting caught in the past, or we keep getting caught in our own web of um, fears and crises and things, stumbling, blocks, um, you know, experiences from our lives that, um, you know, have harmed us in some way, have hurt us, have created, you know, who we are now. Yes, value those those things, but they were really signposts that showed you what it was you were transmuting in this lifetime. So transform. Call in all your power. Call in all the tools that you have at your disposal. Choose how you're going to show up. Don't default, right? Don't default to the old patterns. And that's where, you know, the 12th house kinds of issues um, is, you know, when you have planets in that 12th house, you came here with the express purpose to move through shadow energy. doesn't matter what planet it is, by the way. It could be any planet. And even if you don't have a planet in your 12th house, that you have a sign there, and that sign has a ruling planet, what does that planet look like in your chart? So these are things that astrologers help you with, right? That's what readings or personal sessions are all about. And of course, coming to a show like this or to a broadcast like this or a webinar can help you learn more about yourself. Now, to that end, um, originally at the beginning of the year, I thought about, I, I wanted to do a monthly webinar and I thought about doing them at no charge, but I'm on twice a week doing essentially, this could be a webinar, um, and I do them for free. I don't charge you to come here and listen to this. I don't charge you to download the podcast of it. I There's just no money exchanged here, just energy, right? We're exchanging energy. So I've decided that the monthly webinars are going to be $11 enlightenment webinars, 11, because that's the number of enlightenment, it's the number of illumination, turning the lights on. And so the monthly webinars are $11. It's a token dollar amount, especially for the effort that I put into those webinars, and for the value I think that you receive from those webinars. So on February 22nd, 222, <laughs> gotta love the way the numbers worked out, it's a Thursday. Uh, I'm doing the February webinar and it will be about the prenatal lunar and solar eclipses. Now, every one of you has at least one of each, right? That while you were in the womb, your mother was experiencing eclipses, both a solar and a lunar eclipse. And what that did was in energetically imprint on you as a being in her womb, any of the experiences she was having around her life at that time in each one of those, but also the energy of the sign that those um, eclipses fell in. So it's huge in our charts, but most of the times astrologers don't really look at it. Um, I got interested in it because of, um, I have an Aquarian uh, solar eclipse and I was like, I, I don't get it. What is that about? And it sits right on top of my Jupiter. So I was like, okay, I, I really have to learn more about this. And it's an amazing experience to understand through a solar eclipse, what it is that you're here to teach. How you'll teach others is uh, up to you, but the eclipse sort of imprints on you what it is that you're here to teach others, right? And that means you can either teach it through positive expression or through a, a sample or example of what not to be, right? either way. And then the lunar eclipse is sort of the lessons that you're here to learn. And the sign that it's in will tell you about what kinds of things are really going to trip you up. Where are the lessons embedded in the learning for you in this lifetime? So then there's the connection to our past lives because the, 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 um, the eclipses are connected to the nodes of the moon. 
right? Eclipses happen because the moon either at full or at new comes very close within uh, 10 degrees, I think it is, of the north node or the south node. If it comes in connection with the south node, we're going to have karma. So we can also read the karmic signature in your astrology chart through whatever one of those eclipses is next to or close to the south node. And we can also read what the challenges might be to connecting with your destiny through the position of the eclipse that comes closest to the north node because it's imprinted in you energetically. So that's what we're going to be talking about. It'll be general. Right. But if you want to participate, I already put out the email on uh, Saturday, Friday, I'm not sure which, um, that it is uh, on Zoom on Thursday. It is recorded. So if you can't come live, you can still get that information. And I also put out the offer if you needed, I think all of you need to get a new astrology chart to make sure you have one from me that shows where those prenatal eclipses are because you might have one, but you might not. So that is coming up on 222 and you'll pay $11 for it, but I think it will be very valuable information for you in moving forward with your life. Uh, would the webinar show us how to calculate the eclipses? No, 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 not going there. Um, but what it will tell you is whether what what it is that you're here, you know, through signs and things like that, uh, how the, the mechanics of those uh, eclipses work. Okay, because remember, you're not experiencing these eclipses while you are out of the womb. You're in the womb, so it makes it even harder to really pinpoint what impact it has, right? And then we'll also look at the gate in your human design that it's activating. Uh, because that's also going to tell another part of the story. So 222. So I glitched, huh? Um, I didn't notice any glitches, but I don't know. Sorry about that. Uh, okay, now let's see, we have a few more minutes. Uh, let's talk just about real quickly about some of the other things going on this week. Mercury coming into a sextile with Chiron. So now we're talking about how we communicate our wounds, how we communicate our healing right? It's a period for opening up our communication, sharing of ourselves and our experiences with others. We may be very much more sensitive than usual. Um, this is happening, of course, in Aries. So we have to watch our tongues, bite your tongue if you're like getting ready to blurt. Um, so what words are you using to communicate? That is the important part. Am I using empowering words? Am I, um, you know, sliding into negativity or am I staying positive? Very important. Uh, Mercury later in the week will also be square Uranus. And again, we have another pair, right? Mercury and Uranus, like Venus and Neptune, are pairs. Mercury ruling the lower mind, the thinking mind, the calculating, analyzing mind. Uranus ruling the higher mind, where inspiration and ideas and lightning bolts come into us. So we could be sent, uh, stimulated this week with new ideas, um, fresh new ideas. Who doesn't like that, right? Um, but our ideas are not always well received by others. So here's the square, the tension that comes in, where we have to be very careful about what we share, whom we share with, right? Because we might be sharing in the wrong time, wrong place, wrong people. They don't recognize our brilliance in that moment. And then we get upset because people don't listen to us or something like that. So we want to watch that. Um, pretty soon. Let's see, I have it coming up next week, I believe, or it's on, it's actually on Saturday. And we'll probably talk more about this because Venus on Friday is moving into Aquarius. It's her turn to meet up with Pluto and transform our relationships, our money, our love lives, our values. So we'll talk more about that on Friday's broadcast, uh, since I don't have time here. And uh, we'll also talk more about the human design week. Let's draw a card. Uh, let's see which one we, anybody got an idea of a card they'd want to draw this week? Ooh, this one caught my attention. Mayan Oracle. So we'll draw that one first and somebody else um, tell me if they want another card deck drawn from. And let's see what the Mayan deck has to say. Of course, Mayans, 
a calendar, Mayan astrology kind of related to Pleiadian astrology, and monkey, Schwen. Here's the monkey card. So that's interesting in light of the week. So let's read about Schwen. And maybe, ah, dragon, that's a good one. Both JLo and Pam at the same time, like same time, 8.59 a.m. say dragon. So let's look for Schwen here. And it's after Monique, Lamott, Muluk, Ok, Schwen. Okay. And Tom, I believe you are a Schwen. So listen, uh, the qualities of Schwen are about innocence, spontaneity, healing the inner child, humor, artistry, the monkey, trickster, disruption, transparency, the divine child. So uh, let's read the, there's always a little poem that comes along with this. And it says, the silver circle of the dolphin ring reminds us all to dance and sing. Light hearts, leaven loves awakening. The divine child heaven to earth will bring. Shuen, the monkey trickster, breaks down structures, images, and beliefs that no longer serve you. Shuen invites you to act in spontaneous and unpredictable ways. Lighten up, smile, don't be so serious. Believe in the magic of the moment. See what is revealed in spontaneity. And light and meant doesn't have to be difficult. It can even be delightful. Drawing this star glyph gives you fair warning that the monkey trickster may step in and turn your life upside down. What is unconscious and wait, what is unconscious and desires change is at risk. This experience can appear chaotic or overwhelming. Remember that there is perfection in everything that happens in your life. As your walls tumble down, a smile is revealed and the illumination of your essential self shines. Uh, your esen the essence self shines through. Holy cow, I couldn't get that out. All right, Schwinn. And there was a whole lot more, but in the interest of time, and I want to draw a dragon card because that was also important. So we have monkey, and let's see what dragon we have comes for us this week. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. So... <sighs> The same dragon that we drew on Friday just popped out. It was an air and fire dragon, if you remember correctly. And it says, expands your creative energies, harness your creativity, excitement, and enthusiasm, communicate your passion. Oh my goodness. Never had that happen before where the exact card pulls out. So let's reread it because we must need to, I even remember what page number it was on, 32. All right, shimmering fourth dimensional blue and orange air and fire dragons are very vocal. They love to express themselves and make their presence known. They often create turbulence as they swirl around us. Air mixes with fire to ignite an explosion of creativity, enthusiasm, and aliveness. These dragons make us feel happy, excited, and sometimes a little unsettled or even overwhelmed. At the same time, the element of fire transmutes lower energies and clears the path of our destiny, while air enables us to communicate our passions at a soul level. Choosing this card indicates it's time to harness your gifts and talents for your highest good and that of the world. You have something in your soul to bring forward, so your guidance is to decide what fires your enthusiasm. Then trust your inner wisdom and talk about it. Take a chance and step onto your true path of happiness and creativity. Remember that excitement and passion are magnetic qualities and will draw the right people and situations to you. This card can also suggest that circumstances may present themselves to you in which you will be required to make a rapid decision using your intuition and discernment rather than logic. The air and fire dragon who has come to you is telling you to trust yourself. You have all you need to make the right choice. With your air and fire dragon beside you, success is ensured. Boom. Obviously, we need to have air and fire dragon energy with us this week. I love it when magic happens like that. Uh, all right, everybody. Take care. Uh, thank you so much. I will see you on Friday this week, uh, Pia and Colin will also be joining me. So we'll be splitting our time between the Pleiadian calendar and 
some of the astrology that's important for the weekend. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Take care. Have a good week. Be creative. Be curious. Have fun. Bye for now. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for astrology, human design, and Gene Keys wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.